0: This episode of Today on Broadway is supported by Heartbeat Opera. If you're a fan of Shakespeare, opera, or drag queens, or all of the above, then you don't want to miss the Heartbeat Opera's upcoming show. The indie opera company called Bold and Vivid by the New York Times returns for their annual Halloween Drag Extravaganza. This year's theme? All the World's Drag. Shakespeare in Love with Opera. Join Heartbeat Opera for a fun night of eye-popping Elizabethan fashion, dazzling musical performances and halloween revelries the show returns for just two nights october 30th and 31st at the national sawdust in brooklyn tickets
1: on sale now at heartbeatopera.org welcome to today on broadway for monday october 23rd 2017 i'm broadway world's matt tamanini
0: oh so that's that's how you're gonna be about it that's fine okay well, oh no
1: what did i what did i do No, I know that this Saturday is a big (laughs) throwdown. It's it's a very big throwdown. And we didn't talk about it last year, which I am glad because you, the Penn State Nittany Lions, which is not a real thing, beat my (laughs) beloved Ohio State Buckeyes last year. So I'm glad that if we're going to start this week off, I feel pretty confident, James. I feel confident in where the Buckeyes are this season and your Nittany, what what is that? That's a fake word. Mount your Nittany. lions, Mount Yeah, Nittany. I understand, but <laughs> Pennsylvania, come on. Um, but yes, your lions, my Buckeyes. This Saturday, epic throwdown. Penn State is number two. Ohio State's number six. Battle for the Big Ten East. Uh, you know this is not the end of this. this is you know this is <laughs> no, not we, the end of it. We, We've got five days to, uh, to, to to hype this up. But the one nice thing about it is, James, even if you, our schools are, are going to be playing this Saturday, we can both agree that both of them are probably better than that other that school, school in north. the Big Ten, that yeah. school up north that creates all of Broadway's musical theater stars. They're not so good at football anymore, which is fine by me.
0: All right. Let's move past the Venn diagram into uh, what happened this weekend. <laughs>
1: We had a ton of podcasts here on Broadway Radio. This is getting really exciting, James. I know for you and me because we've talked about getting more shows going with some different voices, so it's not just you and me talking all the time. Thank and we had—I know, thank God—we're um, we're editing a lot, but uh, we're not talking all the time. First on Friday, we had uh, another episode of Jan Simpson's Stagecraft. This time with playwright Anna Ziegler, who's the last oh, match. Man, is it, it's a great interview. Yeah, it really, really is. It's playing. Um, over at Roundabout right now, and then we had another Roundabout-related podcast on Saturday with the premiere episode of Caitlin Milligan's Broadway AMA. She talked with Matthew James Thomas from Time in the Conways, and then on Sunday, we had you back, but we'll deal with that because you come part and parcel with Michael Portantier and Peter Felicia. In addition to reviewing Time in the Conways, Strange Interlude, Lonely Planet, After the Blast, and more, you guys spoke to Christian Smith about his new album, All the Way, which I have to admit, James, I was a little disappointed that it had nothing to do with Lyndon Johnson.
0: I used that joke in the interview already. so Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was a fun fun discussion with Christian Smith, who uh, did the speakeasy production of The Bridges of Madison County in Boston Mm -hmm. and also was a tour guest on. uh, And he's got a show coming up at Carnegie Hall in November and just released an album, and he's... uh, a fine-looking young man and a great voice, so I think we have a good future planned
1: for him. Absolutely. So if you didn't listen to any or all of those podcasts, go back in your feed or find them on broadwayradio.com. Some Lots of, uh, lots of really good stuff to get you into your week on a theatrical note. First up in the news, Michael Moore says goodbye to Broadway. Yeah, for now. For now, James. Yeah. Uh, but but yesterday, Michael Moore's The Terms of My Surrender played its final performance at Broadway's Belasco Theater. While Moore has no plans to take this politically focused show on the road, as we've talked about before, there are rumors that Moore and his director, Michael Mayer, are currently working on a play that could come to Broadway sometime in the next year. Uh, the one-man show, in Terms of My Surrender, took audiences inside the turbulent world of politics with Moore's signature perspective. And he also would occasionally bring some big-name guests on stage as well. In fact, one night, Moore and the Incredible Hulk himself, Mike Mark Ruffalo, took audience members by bus over to Trump Tower to protest. Um, I forget exactly what was going on at the time to protest, but... Really, what does it matter? Every day there's something to protest. Um, that's a pretty, that's a pretty baller move, in my opinion, James. And we will talk about the Incredible Hawk uh, again later in this episode. But the Terms of My Surrender played 13 previews and 83 total perform, 83 actual official performances at the Belasco Theater. And up next at the House, James will be the singular Mark Rylance in Farinelli and the King. The London transfer will begin previews on December 5th and is currently scheduled to run through March 25th. Then in July, the new musical Getting the Band Back Together will set up shop in the house. And unless Getting the Band Back Together requires some sort of renovation to the Blasco, there should be enough time for Farinelli to extend if the cast and producers are willing. But just kind of looking at the March 25th closing date, James, I would guess that they're not too inclined to extend. If they were, they probably would have just done it up until... Um, like April 29th or whenever the Tony cutoff is, which is kind of usually how those shows do it. And then if they get, they think they're going to get nominations, they extend a little more. So I would imagine that it won't extend much, if at all, but who knows?
0: Well, uh, Farinelli and the King, that's uh, some sort of play about pasta, right?
1: Farinelli's a pasta? No, no, it's about like an opera singer and a king. Yeah. No, no, no pasta involved. <laughs>
0: well, that would be more fun if it were and if it, they had pie. Um but you <laughs> always comes back to pie and ice cream with you. Yeah. March twenty fifth. Uh I think that they would do that uh because they want they don't want to have people buy tickets later than that. They want to stack the ticket purchases up early and if it does well could enough be. then they could extend. But I mean, Rylance,
1: you know, the, yeah. the opportunity to see Rylance on stage. I- in a yeah no i was just gonna i didn't mean to interrupt i was just gonna say i just want him to win another tony because i want to hear (laughs) the acceptance speech i don't care what award he's up for for the oscars he gave a very traditional a very good speech but a more traditional speech i i want some blank verse poetry or something um you know rylance is the best
0: yeah all right next up the critics weigh in on second stage's torch song
1: Yeah, James, last week you got to see the production along with the man, the myth, the legend, Robbie Rizal, and you raved about it to me afterwards, and it seems like Most of the critics agreed with you, for the most part. Um, As most people know, the show is a revised version of Harvey Fierstein's iconic Torch Song trilogy. And it stars uh, Michael Urie, uh, along with Oscar and Tony winner Mercedes Rule and Jack DeFalco and more. The show is directed by the legendary Moises Kaufman and has already been extended through December 3rd. And who knows, James, you brought this up. It could either be extended again or perhaps move to Second Stage's Broadway theater come next fall. But let's go ahead and look at these reviews first. Ben Brantley of the New York Times said, quote, This latest incarnation of Torch Song finds an irresistibly compelling gravity beneath the glibness. Best known for staging lyrical but earnest topical dramas, Mr. Kaufman turns out to be just the man for eliciting the sting within the soap bubbles of Torch Song. Even more importantly, without overdoing the tremolo, Mr. Kaufman and Mr. Uri make sure we see the vital links between camp comic postures and the genuine fear and pain that lie beneath. Defiantly quipping bravado is a suit of armor, armor for Arnold, Arnold Beckoff, the show's leading man, and occasional lady. Adam Feldman of Time Out New York gave the show four stars out of five, writing, quote, Yuri is less distinctive than Firestein, who isn't, but he gives his voice, in a, in a cent- I love this, an eccentric snagglepuss extension <laughs> We need to talk about Snagglepuss, too. Anyway, and he's a gifted physical comic. He has a hilarious scene of trying to smoke a cigarette while getting stooped in the back room of a bar. Kaufman works hard to dispel any scent of schmaltz, sometimes to somewhat dry effect. The central fight between Arnold and his ma gets a little buried, but the overall approach seems right. It gently and lovingly tends to Firestein's flame. Now, Joe demenowitz of the New York Daily News seemed to be the dissenter amongst the group, writing, quote, Directed by Moises Kaufman, the new production shows off the play's strengths. Gr- that, that includes great one-liners, graceful touches, and daring. It starts perfectly as a man applies makeup, uh, a sly way to underscore a story about hiding and exposing oneself. But – it can't mask weaknesses of this deeply sentimental work. Laurel's understanding about her husband's sexuality strains credulity, uh, credulity. The David adoption subplot is simplistic and feels off. Yuri isn't a perfect fit either. Now, James. Though those weren't universal reviews, to me, this seems on paper like a perfect fit to be Second Stage's first off-Broadway to Broadway transfer inside their own houses. They have Lobby Hero in the Helen Hayes this spring and then Straight White Men in the summer. But bringing in a well-known show from a beloved writer and a star who, as we've talked about before, is long overdue for a Broadway breakout seems like a perfect fit to go into Broadway's smallest theater.
0: I agree with you. And uh, I really, really enjoyed this show. Uh, We didn't talk about it on This Week on Broadway because Peter and Michael hadn't seen it yet. So we're going to be talking about it in the future. Um, And uh, I really look forward to what Peter and Michael are going to say about this thing. I I have to, first of all, take a a point of privilege to apologize to someone who stopped me on the way out when I was out of the heading Mm -hmm. out of the theater and said that they had stopped me and said that they liked the podcast. And, and I was really just like in like this mental thought about what I had just (laughs) seen. And, and I might not have been as polite as I could have been. Uh, And I apologize for that. And please email us, uh, email me, don't email Matt (laughs) and uh, let me express my apologies in person. But um, I think that this is a, a, Damn good opportunity for them to transfer to the uh to the their newest theater. Are they still calling it the Hayes? I am yes, the I'll Helen always, Hayes. I'll always call it the Hayes.
1: I don't know so. Yeah, it is. It is officially still the Helen Hayes.
0: Alright. So uh show and casting news, what's going on?
1: Alright. First up, last week the Daily Mail's Baz Bomba Boy reported that the legendary Simon Russell Beale will play Henry the eldest Lehman brother. In the upcoming London adaptation of Stefano Massini's The Lehman Trilogy, the three-part Italian drama is being translated into English by the National Theatre's artistic director Ben Power, and Tony winner Sam Mendes will direct. As Baz notes, quote, Beale and Mendes have been collaborating for more than two decades, working together at the Donmar, the National, the Old Vic, and the Brooklyn Academy of Music. James, the show chronicles your old company, Lehman Brothers, from its founding by a Bavarian merchant, up through the scandal that led to the company's collapse. We've talked about this before. Uh, This is an Italian three-part drama about an American financial institution, so I have no idea what perspective they're going to bring to this. Hopefully it doesn't involve lightsaber dances and raptors, but who knows? In off-Broadway <laughs> news, first, the St. Ann's Warehouse production of Duncan McMillan's People, Places and Things, starring Denise Guff in her Olivier winning role, announced an extension last week, the same week that it started uh, previews. The show, directed by Jeremy Heron, will now play through December 3rd. In the show, Guff plays Emma, an actress whose life has spun recklessly out of control because of her addiction to alcohol and drugs. Also extending off-Broadway is the Roundabout Theatre Company's Roundabout Underground production of Dry Breon Holder's Too Heavy for Your Pocket. The show will be extended by an extra week and will now play through November 26th and that week will also include three special performances reserved specifically for New York City public high school students from schools that are part of RTC's educational programs. The play is set in 1961 Nashville, and the Freedom Riders are embarking on a courageous journey into the Deep South. When 20-year-old Bosey Brandon gives up a life-changing college scholarship to join the movement, he'll have to convince his loved ones and himself that shaping this country's future might be worth jeopardizing his own holder was Jan Simpson's first guest on Stagecraft a few months, a few weeks ago. By the way, so if you would like to hear more about the show, scroll back in your feed or find the episode on BroadwayRadio.com. And finally, in this section, James principal photography is currently underway for the untitled Avengers four film that will wrap up Phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there are needless to say a ton of big name stars currently hanging around Atlanta. And some of them are going to be heading to a very big theater in Atlanta as well. That's because last week it was announced that Tony winner Kenny Leon will be directing a one-night-only benefit reading of Thornton Wilder's Our Town at the iconic Fox Theater in downtown Atlanta in the cast will be Tony winner Scarlett Johansson who's apparently the one who came up with this idea Uh, it'll also feature the aforementioned Tony nominee Mark Ruffalo along with not Henry Higgins, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans who will be making his Broadway debut and the also aforementioned Lobby Hero in the spring all proceeds from the one night only event will be donated to support the relief efforts in the wake of the devastation left by Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico as I said the idea was apparently Johansson's and the John Gore organization will be providing support and producing tickets will start at $89 and go up to VIP packages for $1,000. Not bad, James. The, the Fox Theater is one of the most beautiful theaters you will ever see a show in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if you're in Atlanta and I wish I was, um, I would highly, highly, highly recommend trying to grab a ticket to this if it's not sold out already.
0: You know, uh, uh fox reminded me that this saturday is is a really really important day uh in in broadway do you, do you know why
1: um what would that be the 28th the october
0: 28th yeah i do not know what is that because october 28th at 9 30 p.m uh 54 below robbie rozelle has his uh return show and yes, i didn't know this until i looked at the 54 below
1: website do you know what's on at 7 p.m you know what his warm-up I, act is i i do only because i've got a another podcast coming out with robbie uh this week it's it's laura and linda Bedanti are going to be warming up the 54 below stage for robbie rizal <laughs>
0: That's hysterical. Just unbelievable. All right, unbelievable. so go check out uh, The Three Most Talented People at 54 Below on Saturday <laughs> night. Uh, we'll be there on October 28th. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay. <laughs> All right, so Natalie, what's coming up in this week's theatrical schedule?
2: Hi, I'm Natalie Nowak, host of Broadway Radio's On My Way to a BFA, and I'm here to discuss this week's theatrical calendar. First up, on Monday, Lincoln Center's off-Broadway premiere of After the Blast opens. After the Blast is set in the wake of total environmental disaster, when the human population has retreated underground and Anna and Oliver have one last chance to have a baby. This production will run through November 19th. On Monday, Signature Theatre's Off-Broadway revival of Jesus Hopped the A Train opens. Angel Cruz is a 30-year-old bicycle messenger awaiting trial for the death of the leader of a religious cult. Inside Rikers Island, Angel is befriended by a charismatic serial killer named Lucius Jenkins. Lucius has found God and has been born again, and now Angel's life and the course of his trial will be changed forever. Roundabout Theatre Company's The Last Match opens on Tuesday. Set against the high-stakes backdrop of professional sports, Anna Ziegler's new play The Last Match explores what keeps us striving and why. This production will run through December 24th. Manhattan Theatre Club's The Portuguese Kid also opens on Tuesday. In Providence, Rhode Island, habitually widowed Atlanta, portrayed by Tony nominee Sherry Renee Scott, pays a visit to her second-rate lawyer, Barry Dragonetti, portrayed by Jason Alexander, who is best known for playing George Costanza on Seinfeld. Next, Goodspeed's revival of Rags opens on Wednesday and will run through December 10th. Fresh from Ellis Island, a young mother and her son search for a new life and a sense of home as the 20th century beckons. The score by the songwriters of Annie and Wicked explores the details of America's immigrant past. Tectonic Theater Project presents Uncommon Sense, which begins previews on Wednesday. Inspired by true stories of people living on the autism spectrum, Uncommon Sense is a new play that delves into the mysteries of the brain. This production will officially open on November 3rd. The Broadway revival of M. Butterfly opens on Thursday at the Court Theatre. M. Butterfly charts the scandalous romance between a married French diplomat and a mysterious Chinese opera singer. This production is directed by Tony Award winner Julie Taymor and stars Clive Owen, who is known for his performance in the drama Closer, for which he received a Golden Globe Award and was nominated for an Academy Award. Vineyard Theatre's world premiere production of Harry Clark begins previews on Thursday. Harry Clark is the story of a shy Midwestern man leading an outrageous double life as the cocky Londoner Harry Clark. Tony Award winner Billy Crudup stars in this production. Harry Clark is directed by Tony Award nominee Lee Silverman. Also on Thursday, in London's West End, Playhouse Theatre's revival of Glengarry Glen Ross opens. In David Mamet's Pulitzer Prize-winning play, a group of Chicago real estate salesmen battle ruthlessly for the big deal. Golden Globe Award winner Christian Slater, who won for his role in the USA Network series Mr. Robot, will star in this production. The new off-Broadway musical, This One's for the Girls, opens on Friday at St. Luke's Theatre. This new musical looks at the role of women over the past 100-plus years through 40 top 40 hits. The cast features Anissa Folds, who I want to give a quick shout-out to because she's a graduate of the Hart School, where I am currently studying musical theatre. Next, the off-Broadway premiere of What We're Up Against opens on Saturday at the Women's Project Theatre. It's 1992, and Eliza is the brainy new recruit at a small shop architecture firm. But she's struggling to get a foothold on even the lowest rung of the company ladder, and starts making moves to blow the lid off their Pandora's box of office politics and social maneuvering. The cast includes Skylar Astin, best known for his work as Jesse Swanson in the Pitch Perfect films, Marg Helgenberger, best known for her work on the drama CSI Crime Scene Investigation, Jim Perrick from the HBO series True Blood, Krista Rodriguez of Spring Awakening in The Heights and The Adams Family, and Damian Young known for his work in the film Amateur, Simple Men, and the HBO series The Comeback. The Shop's off-Broadway production of Knives and Hens opens on Sunday. Set in a world on the cusp of change, the fates of a young woman, her plowman husband, and a local miller collide in a quest for knowledge, agency, and freedom. This production is scheduled to close on November 12th. Also on Sunday, Cherry Lane Theater's The Bench, A Homeless Love Story, opens. Based on true stories, The Bench, set in urban decay and rubble, explores the emotional heartbreak of five homeless characters and the catastrophic hysteria surrounding AIDS in the 1980s. This production will run through December 17th. Now let's move on to the closings for this week. Manhattan Theatre Club's Prince of Broadway, after having been extended, will now close on October 29th. This show features an incredible cast, including Emily Skinner, Brandon Uranowitz, Michael Xavier, Tony Yazbek, and more. Papermill Playhouse's The Honeymooners will also close on October 29th. This production stars Laura Bel Bundy, Michael Mastro, Michael McGraw, and Leslie Kritzer, to name a few. Yet another closing on the 29th is the musicals Tonight's Off-Broadway revival of Bells Are Ringing. And that is the end of this week's theatrical calendar. As I said in the beginning of this segment, I'm the host of another podcast on Broadway radio called On My Way to a BFA, which chronicles my experiences as a musical theater major at the Hart School. On last month's episode, I talked with Wicked and Finding Neverland's Christine Dwyer. And on this month's episode, which will be released soon, I interviewed Karen Mason, who you may know from the Broadway productions of Hairspray, Mamma Mia, and Sunset Boulevard. I'd love for you to follow my journey, so feel free to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Natalie underscore Noack. To listen to my podcast, go to broadwayradio.com and search On My Way to a BFA.
0: All right. Thanks so much, Natalie. Matt, why don't you get us out of here?
1: All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at and You can subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Jen and I had another episode come out yesterday where we told you what you should see at the movie theaters before the end of 2017 and what you definitely should not see.
0: <laughs> and my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off the week with us, and Matt and I will be back and talk with you tomorrow.